I don't believe it. That's Clone Force 99. This is Wrecker, Hunter, Echo, Tech, and Crosshair. Obviously, we are different. We're all you're getting. Ha! We're all you need! They call themselves the Bad Batch. Experimental Unit Clone Force 99. The defective clones with the uh, desirable mutations. This is one meeting I don't want to miss. And welcome to another edition of the Dad Batch Podcast, episode 60. My name is Stevie Kicks, and I'm your host in the pilot seat today. And with us, as always, the other Dad Batchers, your space daddies. First up, he's been up since 4 a.m. and his brain is fried, but is the chip still in? It's Brian Cook. How are you, bud? It's definitely still in. And <laughs> 60? Happy birthday to us. We're oh, almost as old as Joe. This is awesome. Dang. <laughs> wow. 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 Off Hello, to a good start. Everybody. Off to a good start. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> I'm glad I'm here. Yes, I've been up since 4 a.m. Let's do this. All right. We'll make this, qu- we'll make this like a 20-minute episode so you can go take your, <laughs> take your pills and go to sleep. I'm good. I'm all right. <laughs> ARP time. I'm good. Hey. I'm good. Uh, from, from printing to painting, he's a one-stop prop shop. Yeah. Uh-huh. Don't be humble. It's okay. <laughs> it's John Rodriguez. How are you, sir? You're just saying that because we have someone on the show. Oh, I'm just trying to make you look good. I know. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, How are yeah, you? Yeah, I'm, I'm good. Doing all right. As good as one can, can be. Good. Right are you good? Good. He's good. proceeding as one can go. Maybe. As long as you, you may. Proceed. May I? You may. Okay. Next up, this is my this is my partner, Lemongrass Guadalupe, but you can call him <laughs> Rainy Shanaday. How are you, man? I'm good. I'm good. Has anybody else figured it out? No, but when do we get laid yeah, in on what, this? What, yeah, like, we this don't even know what that means. We're on like two months of this. Uh, like. season, uh, uh, season two finale. We're going to have to just do <laughs> yeah. our own, Brian. Yeah. Brian and Joe. Well, right. People, are, fig- gonna make people are figuring it out. You guys can figure it We've out. We've got three Episode people so three. far. That are- Episode three hundred forty-seven. Three out of seven. I mean, just take one, just take one of them and Google it and see what happens. If if all goes according to plan, our season two finale will be episode ninety-nine. That's the plan. And then we just quit, and that's the end of the pod. That's that's it. We're done. That's that's good. Yeah, that's the episode that Joe Joe leaves the podcast. (laughs) Plan (laughs) ninety-nine. Two for one on Joe. Sorry, buddy. (laughs) Sorry, I started this. <laughs> I see the trend here. <laughs> Don't He's leave, back. Joe. Don't leave. He's back from the Death Star's tractor beam reactor. It's Joe Lara. <laughs> What's up, dude? Dude, the Las Vegas sphere oh. is legit. Holy moly. I was lucky to go inside on Saturday, and I'm going back this Saturday again. Oh, yeah. You're going oh, twice. You're going back to that's back. Right. Dude, yeah. you posted yeah. like a story on your Insta, and you nice. were like, Close enough to like touch Bono. Oh yeah, I I mean I know what he smells like. <laughs> Does he smell good? He smells like <laughs> smells like um, 
roast beef Yorkshire pudding. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> specific. Mm. So nah, that was awesome. It, it is rad. very Death Star-ish. You should start rolling your R's like, uh, like, uh, like, like Krennic. Yeah, like Moff Tarkin or something. Yeah. Moff Tarkin. Yeah, <laughs> dude, it's it's an it's an incredible venue. Like the outside of this is a screen, inside is a screen. It goes all the way up. It's it's the largest dome in the world. It's officially the largest dome. It has the largest screen in the world, officially. I meant to text you when you said that you were going. My my coworker, longtime coworker, uh, buddy of mine, he works for that place now. He's actually in mm. charge of all the, um, like he does the final proof of the media. So like mm-hmm. the video file, whatever. Yeah. He does the final proof of the video file before they put it on the on the screen yeah there's a lot of interesting folks involved i mean ilm is involved a lot of people are involved in this it's pretty rad it's dope it's the uh owner same owners of mgm grand in or uh, madison square yeah. Garden. madison square Garden, yeah I think. it's part of the part of the venetian um you know the ex the expo um convention center and, and where they have shows and so right now you two nice. which is my favorite band of all time they have a residency uh oh. that keeps expanding so they were supposed to be the first band to open. They they had ten shows booked. Those sold out, and now they're extended all the way till December now. So Joe, wow. Joe can you touch it? Uh, no, uh, technically no. There's there's uh, some barriers and there's security along the wall. Oh, but um, oh, why well, do you want to touch it, Stephen? Well, I was all saying I... like like you could like go up there and unscrew a light bulb, take it, with you. <laughs> put it in my pocket, and do a pixel. They wouldn't miss it. There's oh, so many. Is it... Is it uh, like I'm curious? Is it basically just like a giant volume? Basically, that's what it is. Wow. Um, so, so I don't so, know. I don't know that there's light bulbs to unscrew. It's all LED pixels. Well, right? it, like it is LEDs, um, and there's there's so many, and the clarity. They it's again, it's the best. They say it's the best, like technological screen built on the planet right now, and <clears throat> the clarity is nuts. Like they had, they had, they could put any image you want, and you feel. Did you get lost? It's like vertigo occurs, and there's a scene where like everything's moving and you would swear you're going with it like it just Whoa. messes with yeah. your brain it's like uh, it messes with your brain it's like the the ride at disneyland the the thing totally oh the Cal- one yeah yeah, yeah. california dreaming yep. or whatever that thing's called whatever I forgot oh exactly. yeah all i IMAX think of is of the uh you were a san diegan the all i think of is san onofre when i see it so oh yeah oh the boobies nuclear boobs yeah. nuclear boobs uh, right. <laughs> okay Let's we've got company. You want to sit with us? That's never happened before. With us in the Marauder today, specialty costume manufacturer, designer, and sculptor. It is Marcus Napuri. How are you, man? Hey, I'm great. How are you guys doing? Doing well. Thanks for joining us today. Yeah, no problem. My pleasure. So, uh, for our listeners who might not know who you are, I'm I'm sure they all do because you're like uh, uh, Lucasfilm royalty about now. No. Can you let Can you let our listeners know uh, what you've been working on and what you might be known for? Okay, so I started uh, in the industry working uh, on Mandalorian season three. And then uh, I went straight to Ahsoka right after that. So those two shows are 
my main my the main two things I've worked on so far. Um, I did go to um, Prague to work on another show called Foundation, and uh, season one and season two of that is already out. I was working on season three, but uh, yeah, I've been pretty busy and lucky to. I I just feel like the luckiest Star Wars fan in the world because I get to make Star Wars and it's cool. <laughs> now now you didn't just start working on Star Wars, like just with the Mandalorian, yeah. right? No, I mean for 14 years before that, I had a little uh, a, little a little costume helmet making business called Enemy Props, and uh, I was making custom design Mandalorian helmets and some jetpacks and some armor for the Mandalorian Marks Costume Club, plus whoever else wanted a helmet. So I've been doing that for about 14 years. Yeah, I mean, I that. mean, you're being you're you're being very humble, but very I think modest, that yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that everyone in the costuming community has has probably heard, uh, if not known, some of your your most famous uh, pieces from Enemy Props. Uh, one of them, John. Oh yeah. Uh, for our, for our YouTube viewers, uh, John, can you hold hold that up? Oh, that 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 helmet I had up a minute ago. Yeah. Oh yeah, that was that's that was actually my last uh, custom design for enemy props. Yeah. Um, or my most recent, put it that way. And what yeah, was this that's one called? The Neo Guard helmet. Neo Guard. This is the Neo Guard. Yeah. Yeah, I based it. I based it on, of course, like the, one of the Royal Guards, and I tried to mash that with Mandalorian. And so a lot of people might not know. Uh, Marcus uh, basically, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, basically taught me how to cast helmets. So. Like John is my yeah, yeah. I, I was his Padawan uh, years and years ago. I still am. Uh, yeah, I guess. Yeah. But um, I don't know. I don't know. If people know this, but John is my cousin. Yeah, and, we've uh, heard this. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I see nepotism. Okay, yeah. got it. No, right, got I it. see <laughs> how it is. Ex- exactly. So that yeah, means Amy know, will be also in. casting soon. And oh, hey. Dude, she's old enough. Put her to work. Might as well. She'll be a maker, dude. Yeah. She's gonna be we a maker. Are. My daughter has an enemy night owl helmet. That's so right. Death nice. Watch girls. One of them has an enemy helmet. Good stuff. Thanks. Thanks for stuff. thanks for uh, getting one of my helmets. Yeah. Marcus, what was what was one of the first things you've ever made? Ooh, good question. Uh, well, the first helmet that I made was a Mandalorian helmet. It was custom design, um, and I built it out of cardboard and bonding. I remember this one. Nice. And uh, yeah, the story that's how I got into making it. it was like uh, I was invited to a birthday party. Didn't know it was a five hundred first members birthday party, and uh, uh, my friend was like, hey, you should make something, a costume piece. So I'm like, all right. I whipped up this helmet, and I brought it to the party, and everybody was just like, whoa, that's so cool. Like, where did you buy that? And I'm like, oh, I made it. And I flip it uh, upside down to show them the inside. And I'm like, hey, it's cardboard. And they were just like, oh, my God, it's that's amazing. And they're telling me, like, you could sell these. And light bulbs went off, and then I was figured out the process and started making uh, you, resin cool. casts. You started sculpting out of clay, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That was the, the, yeah. My first production helmet was a like generic version of Boba Fett's helmet, so it didn't have the dance or anything. I just sculpted it, added some of my own design features that I liked, uh, just just to give to me the the helmet just a little bit better aesthetics. Because uh, if you look at the old, you know, the Boba Fett helmet, it's pretty squared out. So I added some like just a little bit of, little bit of curve to the forehead, just just little subtle things. I thought would would help it. 
Made it more uh, like a it stock more, Mandalorian. A little more modern. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Did Before you have any, like, at that time? I was going to say, did you have any formal training, like sculpting or, or like, art classes uh, or anything you did growing up that... that I did take of... a few classes at a community college, Pasadena, Pasadena City College. Okay. And, uh, but the thing, yeah, I, I didn't get a whole lot out of those classes because they were mainly um, for, like, cl- uh, like um, fine art. So they didn't. The molding that they taught was like very uh, geared towards fine art. So it's it's using different materials. Um, but I did get the basic ideas. Yeah, but it wasn't until I I, I visited uh, a five hundred first maker, like his shop. I really saw how he made his molds and and uh, I kind of designed mine based off of his stuff. So yeah, yeah. But no formal training. Mostly self-taught. I mean, I'm I'm a, a natural artist. So like it's in my blood. My dad's a painter. He he does oil on canvas. My oh, grandmother wow. was a dressmaker and a furrier. She made fur coats for like Macy's and stores like that. So I have a lot of art Creativity in my family in your blood. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, it's in my blood. Like one of my best friends calls me a genetic cheater because he's always trying to make stuff and just doesn't get how it's so easy to me. It just comes easy. And then your yeah. cousin, You're... your cousin too, right? So it's in his blood too. <laughs> So yeah, it is yeah. It's like down. a high high metachlorian count. Yeah, metachlorian. Actually, higher, actually higher than Yoda. From the other side of the family. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. It's like twins. Damn it. It's like all the good stuff yeah. and then the leftovers. John's no. John's John's on the the crazy uncle side of the family. There. That's why yeah, his that's, that's why his resin family. just splashes Still everywhere family. and it's yeah. family. Yeah. I think I think uh, I think uh, there's a there's a thing for. Um, I think uh, younger costumers or, or people that are newer to it, you know, guys like Marcus, um, Kevin Weir's the same way. Pioneers. Like some of these guys have oh, been doing Kevin this for years. Amazing. Yeah. It, y- y'all had to do this out of clay. So there was no hand 3D printing. Sculpted. There was no resin printing. Hand it was, sculpted. It was, they started like, with a chunk of clay You have to get the symmetry right. Yeah. And they're now, basically yeah. being a... An artist, maker. an artist, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? That's that's what landed me the job with Shauna is that she really wanted to bring back the handmade feel to the costumes and not not everything be three D printed and and, and rendered. Awesome. So she saw my work and was like, "We got to have him. Yeah. He's he's been doing it by so hand." Lit- and she wanted that again for Star Wars. Say if you're that's listening, awesome. get some get some play doh and just start, start, just start yeah. sculpting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm curious, Marcus, did you, did you know how to sculpt before? Like, is that something you'd always been good at or did you actually learn it for the purpose of this? No, I, I've always considered myself a sculptor, but more like okay. I said, like a fine art sculptor. I, that's what I studied. Um, okay. more so. So I was, I was not really sculpting clay. I was sculpting wood. I did some sculptures in brick. I've done sculptures okay. in, uh, yeah. You've got um, some steel, wow. metal, stuff. which things yeah, you learn over through traditional schooling, right? I mean, that's <clears throat> right. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, most of my sculptures were other materials than clay, and clay, clay. I mainly started for the purpose of, of making Star Wars helmets, and yeah. What What's awesome? I love yeah, how but, you said about how Shauna said she likes that kind of classic, like hand built mm-hmm. feel. I think, and we've talked about this before. It's like the volume versus live sets. Like, right. hey, they're both awesome, but there's just this mm-hmm. different, richer feel with a real set or a handmade yeah. prop, right? Like anyone can mm-hmm. kind of crank out. I mean, look, the show comes out 
and there's 3D files for everything in like mm-hmm. five hours yeah, after yeah. the show the comes day. out. Like the, the yeah. stuff is so instant and it took y'all like forever to make it, right? Um, and here's some yeah, guy on a computer yeah. like click, 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 making it happen. Well, yeah. That, I mean, because we're working with the designer. We're working with Dave yeah. and Doug and we're we're dialing it in. So, I mean, like most of that process that takes forever is from back and forth with Dave and Shauna and Doug and getting it right. So, you know, creative, the guys that are just doing the click, click they're you know, they're tracing, they're tracing our work that took months to develop. Yeah. yeah. I'm I'm curious, Marcus, does that, how does that make you feel? What goes through your brain when you wake up? uh, Ahsoka comes out Tuesdays. So when you wake up Wednesday morning or Thursday morning, and you see something on the internet that somebody's 3D sculpted and rendered yeah, that yeah. you sculpted out of clay. What, what goes through your mind at that point? Well, I mean, the first thing that goes through my mind is is my critical eye looks at everything. And, and I'm just like, oh, that's pretty good. But they're missing this. Or yeah. This. Like my he, eye sees, he sees it all. And, he sees yeah, all the missing so, stuff. Yeah. So for me, for me, I'm like, oh, that's a great job. I wish I could like help, but mm-hmm. I can't. I'm not allowed can't to be like, like give hints. But yeah, I'm not really allowed to be like, oh, you, this this was there. This was that. Okay. Yeah, well, I, I'm, I, I am going to put you on the spot right now. Right. So in right. in the in the uh, in the vein of Brian Muir, the gentleman who sculpted the original Vader, he has a secret mm-hmm. that uh, he goes. Is, he has a secret mm-hmm. on his Vader helmet. Where if he walks up to a Vader helmet, he puts his thumb in the nose of Vader. And if it fits, then he knows oh, he knows it's is. accurate. Is there anything like that that you can like uh, that you would know? It's like, okay, if you walk up to like, let's say this piece of armor or this helmet, yeah. you know, you know, like there's this piece. Nah, nah, I don't do that. I don't put <laughs> secret things in. Uh, it doesn't even cross my mind to do that. Maybe I'll start, but uh, <laughs> you're gonna do it I now think... on something. You're gonna be like on the inside bottom ridge. No, but I can definitely recognize my work. I mean, I spent months staring at it, so just subtle details. I mean, I, that are there, but I don't put anything intentionally to to be like, ah, this is how oh, I can tell it's mine. No, no, but I can tell just by looking and and see. For me, it's proportions. That's like the biggest thing that like a lot of people make mistakes on is is proportions. So, yeah, because you have that you have that that, that 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 asymmetry when it comes to yeah. the sculpting with the clay. You can tell just from mm-hmm. when you zoom out on it. You can just tell that it's. Yeah, yeah you can that. do that mirror thing like you do with your face. Mm-hmm. You stick a mirror. Yeah, and, and it's and not. You look like exactly a completely different person because you know the two sides of your face don't match yeah yeah that's what's so cool about like vader and and the old stormtrooper helmets and they're not symmetrical and this when you see the symmetrical ones that that, are, that come out like now it's, one. it's like there, there's something off about it yeah well we're definitely when we, when we go through our um ahsoka episode review later on we're i think we're gonna go a little bit slower because we're gonna grill you on every okay. single scene <laughs> oh i thought we were gonna have them be done before that like, like, right, well, are you gonna st- do you want to stick around i mean you don't have to but do you yeah, want to no, stick no, around for definitely. the review? Okay. yeah yeah, cool. yeah, yeah no pressure uh, around, yeah. if you gotta go you let us know and, and we'll, we'll, we'll let i'm here for you. jokes that's inside you <laughs> so so marcus i think i i, I wasn't sure where we were where it was going to be a good spot to ask this question but i'm going to ask it now okay. so uh, um we see a lot of stuff come out of the shows and i know that shauna's shop 
you guys can't necessarily do all of it. And so sometimes we see things that came out of Legacy or Ironhead Studios or some of these other shops. And I'm curious, is there, like, I'm sure it's like as as clear as mud, but is there a way for you to kind of explain the relationship between those different companies and like what does Sean the Shop do versus what goes out to Legacy or Ironhead? And, and uh, yeah. is, there, is there a rule of thumb that decides like what kind of stuff goes where or whatever? I, I'm just curious because I think people confuse all of the things that we see and they, you know, they recognize a few names in the community and they think, Oh, so-and-so must be the one who painted that. And yet in reality, it's not necessarily the case. Yeah. Um, Not maybe not even the right company, you know? Yeah. Like a lot of guys at the, the Ironhead and, and, and legacy, they don't get like a lot of the kudos we do for working straight under Shauna. But, uh, I I would say for the Shauna makes those decisions. And I, I'd say most of those decisions on what goes where, it is based on um, uh, Shauna likes to have as much control over the process as possible. So when she sends out stuff out to Ironhead or Legacy, she doesn't have that much control because she's not there on a daily basis. So the stuff, like I would say, like the main cast, the main characters, Shauna would keep in house, and the things that are overflow for us that we can't handle. Uh, or just makes sense like Morocco was you know sent out so something like that would make sense because it's it's more 3d printing and and stuff like that that we don't have that type of team to handle a whole 3d printed costume you know so we're more of the hands-on handmade stuff um and and more of the main cast yeah yeah all right that answered the question (laughs) that's cool What's, what's I, I could see Steven's. I could see Steven's face. He was like, "Oh, you need oh, people you that need know 3D, 3D printing, printing huh? experts." Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, this, if, this is what's awesome. And, I, and Marcus, you're still. I've been trying to get Shauna to, to hire a 3D printer <laughs> for the person for the longest time, um, and and I know she's she is looking, but Shauna's very particular about who she hires. Yeah, so you have to like because I suggested Steven one person. Dragon. I'm not going to blast him, but he. Went into the interview and totally, he did not do good. Uh, <laughs> Whoops! But and, and this guy's an amazing. He's an amazing three D modeler, printer. He's so good at his job, and and I thought it was gonna be like he, he got the job one hundred percent. And she was like, I didn't like his vibe. He came in demanding stuff, and oh. then I was just like, Oh my god, I'm so sorry. Sean. You're all whoops. <laughs> yeah. So you yeah, can't recommend yeah. anyone else now. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Chrome and Go is ready. <laughs> What's really cool is, um, you know, you think, and I think people that don't know the inner workings of, of, of how the business works and whatever, you just figure, you know, what I've told my friends that love Star Wars, but they're not into it the way we are, you know, like, oh, you know, yeah. all those guys in the Mandalorian, the stormtroopers, those are all my buddies. What? And they don't, they don't yeah, understand yeah. that, like, you know, LFL, Disney, they don't just have like thousands of costumes and props and things just sitting there at their disposal. And it seems like more than ever because there's so much content. There's so many movies and shows and everything being made that they've really started to to embrace the fandom of people like yourself, um, other friends of ours that we know that work on things. And they've just really brought in those people, you know, like, hey, Mm -hmm. the recognition is is amazing and then also too you're getting a quality product too by by yeah. reaching out to people like that like yourself you put your passion and, and your energy and your your talent into it it's really really yeah i know um, i know shauna cool. took a risk on on hiring fans because it was something that's yeah. kind of 
uh, taboo or like, you know, you kind of don't know you hired the professionals thing to do yeah. in the industry. Yeah. So Shana hired quite a few fans and she had to put her neck out for, I think, you know, doing that for hiring so many fans. Um, but, uh, it paid, paid off. off. Like yeah. everybody, everybody that I worked with was such a big fan loved the show and took every project so seriously but you you also want to do it like it's, it, it's like not just love but you're going to be extra critical yeah. you're going to be extra yeah. detailed yeah. probably mm-hmm. maybe too Over, critical on yeah. yourself yeah. right yeah trying to keep things correct too because you know yeah. we would get some things it's like oh these are the wrong suits this shouldn't up. be here in this era and like, we have little things like fans will like like us will notice those things and let shauna know and she'll be like oh let me do the research let me figure it out and she'll she does her best to keep everything like you know proper in the proper timeline shauna really does her homework and, and figures that stuff out and and really fights for it because a lot of times with our time frame and 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 our budget we don't have the enough resources to get things perfect so so a lot of times we're just like okay this is as close as it's going to get and it's just got to right. go you got to make because it you, you can't you can't stop the shoot schedule okay. no you can't yeah <clears throat> Oh yeah, that yeah, train. But, but, that train isn't moving. Like, this is what <laughs> it is. That stuff in. Go. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but Shana's she she she's a genius for hiring fans and she's and a genius she, for hiring me. <laughs> I would say that, that was the one move. I'm not talking about myself. I'm talking about the other. The, but the whole thing of fans, cool. though, makes makes sense. I mean, I, I don't know how many of the documentaries that are out now since they since you know since Dave has been doing like live action shows with Favreau, but the actors have been talking about having to suppress their fandom while on mm-hmm. set. Cause they are fans. Like mm-hmm. yeah, it, it, yeah. The, the franchise is so big and it's, it's touching so many people. I don't know how you can be involved in the show and not just be maybe not a, like a diehard fan like us, but like somebody who's, you know, p- pays respect to, to the brand, to the franchise. So yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it's difficult, but then at the same time, when when the project is on your desk and the pressure's on, you forget about all that. It's you a job. Forget about you all that. To work, right? It's, it, it's a well, it, it's a job, and you and you take it seriously. And yeah, I mean, uh, as a fan, you're, you're carrying it's a, even a legacy important. on your back, essentially, and it has your thumbprint yeah. on it. Like people can always look back and be yeah. like, "Who did this? Literally. Who worked on this?" Oh, yeah, like figuratively, figuratively, and literally. But when you're when you're in the moment, you're not thinking of any of that. It's it's so high pressure. It's so uh, uh, time frame. Right, right. You got to get that, it done. That's on the and, back. And, on the, and they the want back. the best. And 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 we're constantly trying to to meet the 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 standard. What's the word? The yeah, the standard of of movies. Like, because we're a television show. You know, we're doing television shows, so we don't have the budget or the time yeah. to to match what they do. So we do as much as we can and in the time we have and the budget we have to get it done. But I mean, I, I think things are looking awesome. Like well, I was oh, watching yeah. Ahsoka just like, Oh my God, this is, this is amazing. And I can't believe I was a part of it. Yes. You know, visually, yeah. I think out of what has been coming out from a, from a prop and armor and everything perspective, I think Ahsoka has been above and beyond yeah. like the best that's been yeah. out. Like, yeah. yeah. Ahsoka and Andor, I think are the top two for me. Andor is different with the whole like scenery and the, and the, you know, the, yeah. there's not a ton of costumes in it. Right. I mean, there is costumes, but not armor. I mean, it's different. It's, it's, it's different. a different kind it's of different. show. Um, yeah. But like lightsabers, blasters, armor, variety of costumes. I mean, Ahsoka has been, yeah. and, 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 and they, and they, 
every time we talk about we review the episodes there's like landscape shots like so mm. star wars the and and when the armor and everything is right in that it helps. yeah and, and we're bringing to life animated characters which is another yeah. beast in its own like right. trying to get it's like we're working backwards you're like you know usually you have like a, a live action character that you turn into animated we're doing animated and turning him to live action so like considering to how to how to shrink proportions how to you know what what do i make you know stand out what 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 should be more in the background uh you know and yeah it, it's 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 difficult and it's just another hurdle that you got to get through but i mean with we have guidance so it's not it's not totally on us as makers you know we have shauna that's constantly giving us point pointers and dave comes in for special projects like i did like with enoch and with sabine i had dave coming in looking at my work and giving me notes so they're like uh. <laughs> yeah that's crazy is it cool, yeah, yeah. Is it cool? <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 it's it's great getting validation from 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 dave when it comes through it's it's great yeah it's cool we wrote yeah. thunder train with him john wasn't there though because <laughs> he couldn't make it so. dude i was i was right was in front cool. of uh sam witwer and and uh and them too it was pretty freaking wild no big deal yeah john you weren't there sorry big i didn't have Mountain, disneyland, disneyland tickets sorry yeah well, let's go ahead and get into it, guys. Uh, thank you again, everybody, for tuning in. If you'd like to rep your support for the show, shop the new, and in my opinion, the best, Space Daddy Wrecker Collection <laughs> at thedadbatch.com. We have a record collection now? Wait, it's up there? Yeah. Just launched. Just launched right oh now. Gosh. Wow. Oh, As we're so speaking? Or who approved that? Did, did, did yeah, Shana who approved that? that? This garbage is nothing like clone armor. Looks a little tight on you, old man. Yeah, at least I know how to wear it. That's right, everybody. It's time for the weekly workbench. All right, gentlemen, who is working on what? Oh, Looks I'm like fixing Bri it. Brian fixed. Uh... I'm fixing. Oh, never I'm mind. holding up Stormbreaker. It's the head of Stormbreaker. I'm fixing it. So I had to fill all of this uh, with numerous substances that didn't work out. So then I ended up just filling it with epoxy. This now weighs 500 pounds. So it'll break every <laughs> I have time. Little now. faith that the handle is going to survive. But uh, here's where we're at. <laughs> It weighs the same as a dying star. I got it. I'm the only one that can pick it up. Go ahead, try. Um, uh, I yeah. put this like the dowel that was in here was probably a quarter of the size of this one, so um, this should provide a little bit more stability. Um, and I've been supporting the rest of the handle that goes with it too. But I really hope I don't wreck this thing because it's so beautiful and I love it. I just want dude. To once survive. you see a. A Thanos cosplayer is going to get broke again when you take a I swing. know. Well, <laughs> give me some Michelob Ultras at a con. You know, there's no, uh, and you'll kick there's it. No, the mold, there's no uh, Ultras. You probably That's need like they 50 were. of those. Well, yeah. We need like 50 yeah, of them. They were $6 were Ultras. Like that was, it was ounces, the cheapest beer we so. could get. <laughs> it was literally the cheapest beer. That's it. I've been busy. I've been doing home projects. Um, planted a bunch of new plants around my house and it's uh, almost go time for work, so I've been trying to get as much home stuff done as possible, and that's what I was talking about last time we were on here. So, 
I had some septic nope. tank issues that I had to repair, oh. which I don't know, anyone wants to talk about. You're still holding Did it? Did that work out? Did that? Yeah, I'm still holding it. No, it worked out. Yeah, I fixed all my septic cool. tank issues, but um, now, you haven't lived until you looked at your own poop in a... Yeah. Depends undergarments from the Amazon <laughs> helped a little bit. <laughs> California, y'all don't have to deal with that. We do not. We have Moving on. Anyway, um, <laughs> I'll, next, I'll, I'll go quickly. Uh, I've got like eight different helmets I'm trying to finish at one time, so it's going a little slow. Uh, a couple are commissions, and a couple are helmets I want to eventually sell um, when they're finished. And um, everything's for sale, John. Everything's for sale. Everything's negotiable. Everything. Yeah. Um, and I'm working on Balin. I, I, I'm test, I test printed uh, Great Apes Balin Skull uh, gauntlets. And I'm about to do the um, the shoulders next. One by Dude, one. Dude, how awesome big. How awesome is Darren at Great Ape? He just like turns those files out and then just gives it away. Yeah, well, yeah, because I, I, I tagged him in a post. I was like, oh, I'm waiting for these, you know. And he's like, do you want to test print them? Like, he just, like, messaged me randomly. He's like, do you want to? I'm like, all right, cool. So he's like, all right, I'll send them to you when I'm done. And and he sent me the files. And he's still tweaking them a little bit. But what I printed, I'm, I'm going to use what I printed because I'm like, this is close enough. I want to paint it. And I want to experiment with uh, getting the uh, the paint job right. Um, so First set will be for sale. Yeah. Well, maybe, maybe not. We'll see. Darren does a good job of not rushing to be the first one out there. He would rather them be right. Yeah. Um, even if that means yeah, that yeah, a yeah. bunch of other people get them out there, because honestly, his name and reputation speaks for itself in that space. And so, like, yeah. he, he does good stuff. So, like, all of my all my Mandalorian armor, both both versions, and the Yondu fin are all from him. So. Yeah. Uh, he. Um... We, there's this Balin Skull Facebook group, and everyone's been posting, like, oh, I've had these files since since they came out, this and that, da, da, da. and I post them, like, well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to use the, the Grade 8 files, and I post it, I'm like, oh, this is a test print, and, and people had some criticisms and stuff, and I, 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 let, I let him know, hey, change this, or add that, or whatever, because um, it wasn't exactly the way it should have been, but yeah, that, that's what the test is for, um, and yeah, and that's pretty much it, uh, not much going on. Otherwise, um, I have been nonstop printing, still printing Paz um, nice. on, on the K1 Max. I'm telling you guys, I know I can't shut up about this machine. The K1 Max is just flying through these prints. Paz is done printing. In Damn. less than two weeks, I've printed the entire costume head to toe. Um, as a matter of fact, I had jetpack pieces printing yesterday. Um, and then I had the, remember I, I was saying that I wanted to print the, 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 the main part of the jetpack body in one, in one piece. piece. <clears throat> so I threw that file, uh, right after we recorded last week, I threw that file on the CR 10 max and it's still printing. It's been a week <laughs> and wow. I literally printed half an entire costume in that time with the K1 max. Uh, wow. Uh, the pieces are coming out great. The texture is amazing. The texture was part of the model. The uh, I haven't mentioned it before, but some people were, were messaging me asking. So the files that I'm printing are the Mystery Makers uh, files for Paz. And it's his revised version that has all the battle damage in it, all the texture, the, the weathered texture on it. Which is actually really cool because a lot of that weathered texture hides the print lines in the print. 
So when okay. I go to, when I go to finish it later, it's it's gonna be super clean. Um, so that's on the printer work. Is that machine noisy? Like a jet engine. And I'm and I'm okay with that because you know what the the print lab next door you can't even hear it right now. Perfect. But you can't hear it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Right. Yeah. Can't hear it. Something that came in the mail um, the other day. I've been waiting years for. It's from my buddy. He's in the Legion. His name is Radu. Um, he goes by Captain Radu online. He's only on Facebook. He doesn't do any other social media. But he's been with he's been with the Legion for uh, a very very long time, um, and he did he made the Tie Pilot. I'm sorry, the, he made the Inferno armor CRL, hmm. um, and then he made all the armor for EA when they did the commercials for Battlefront Two. Ah. Um. Anyway, so he moved on to a new set of Scout Trooper files so this was all during like covid and pandemic there was actually a legion member who a 501st legion member who 3d modeled and rendered an entire scout trooper uh in 3d according to the crls and they're local here in southern california well my friend radu he took those files with permission and actually made them into vacuum form bucks that could be used for vacuum forming. And the agreement we had was that he had to donate one of the kits to Celebration Anaheim 2020. Obviously, that didn't happen. Ooh. So, so what we're going to do now is, and I'm going to, I haven't even told Ramey this, but we're going to build that scout trooper <laughs> now. We, the five of us collectively are going to build that scout trooper kit as a remnant scout. Ooh. And that's going to be placed as the grand prize, as one of the grand prizes uh, in but something the, coming up later this year. But, 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 Am I like emotional but, support? Or how, yeah, we'll send, you, we'll, no, yeah. I'm gonna, we'll send you all the complicated we'll pieces, Brian. Send me something. We'll send you the soft goods. Yeah, you can roll around you're, in, in you're in charge of sanding hey, when you're hunting. I would like to weather the soft goods because <laughs> yeah, you can just roll I around in your backyard to people enough. Weather your soft okay. goods, people. Once I can't, I can't see people spend forty five hours weathering their armor and then they just put their <laughs> brand new fancy jumpsuit they got from somebody <laughs> who did a beautiful job. I know you don't want to mess it up. I know you don't want to paint it. But how did your armor get all weathered and your soft goods are brand new? We'll do this. Once we get the size, the the soft goods size of the winner, I will send you everything so you can do all the weathering cohesively. There you go. Perfect. Boom. With the cummerbund and all all that stuff. I would like to weather your soft goods. If they smell. I'm going to guess that means I'm on the hook to make the soft goods. (laughs) I mean, duh. You're (laughs) the only one that sews well. (laughs) Uh, That's it on my workbench. Um, okay, so I've got this. I'm going to hold it up for the camera, which makes for great audio podcast. But this is the uh, 850 armor uh, Mandalorian chest chest plate, and it's this is the one that's like all one piece. Oh, so it's, instead of it being yeah, like the season uh, three Mando's head. Oh, and I just banged my mic. Sorry. It's ABS. It is. Right? It's all vacuum formed. Again, one piece. It'll stay together. It also comes with it. the collar collar piece that goes. I haven't trimmed any of this, so oh, it looks nice. a little wonky. It's right like now. the one I have. I don't want. The yeah, John's new Mando has this, and then it also came with uh, like there's a resin printed uh, 
diamond, and then the Perfect little diamond, uh, keyboard yeah. keys that go on the shoulders. So there's that. So that that orange. Yeah, go ahead, Stephen. I want to be clear that I'm that I'm following correctly on this. So the the advantage to getting that it's like it's a Boba Fett style armor, but the advantage to getting that is that the armor plates don't shift. They stay exactly relative case. to one another. Yeah. So like your the two sides of the chest don't move as you move, like the ab doesn't move. And so like it, it just stays together as one cohesive piece. So one piece. Yeah. Nice. Oh, that one's Boba Fett. Nice. I thought that was Din. Yeah, this is it's very much Boba Fett styled. And in fact, yeah, yeah. this one's got like the three little dents down here on the ab plate and the, the slots in the chest, just like he Boba's would have. just made the new one though. Yeah. Uh, where it has no slot for the for the electronics and no uh, dots. Yeah, I'm going to keep the slots in the chest, but I will um, I'll clean up the three little dots. I don't want that. That's that's too much Boba specific, and that's not that's not that what I'm building. Right that is signature yeah. Boba. Yeah, so this again, this is I'm going to use some random short trooper parts and a couple other man like some shoulders from John and some pieces that I already had and just kind of build a new. And this is separate from my other project as well. So. Because who doesn't need like eight different yeah, exactly projects exactly <laughs> all at once. So that's it. Joseph, Joseph. I have not been working on a single thing. I've, I've been doing other things, non Star Wars, uh, more passion Life. project outside. Um, but yeah, not not building anything. So sorry, can't contribute this round. What about you, Marcus? Marcus, what can you talk uh, about on your? Uh, Marcus hasn't been building anything. He's we can skip all of them. If, if I mean, if there's anything you can't talk about currently on the workbench, you can talk about stuff that maybe you finished. No, I haven't been building anything. Uh, <laughs> actually, I've been working on getting enemy props back up and running because I had to take a hiatus. I mean, I have I have a friend that's still like putting orders out for the basic stuff, but I've been working on redoing the website. Uh, working on uh, new products that are going to be coming out so I've, I've been busy with that and then I'm also going to be doing like a a, a high uh, a high end uh, fashion uh, clothing line something like that that, that is for cl uh, people like us geeks nerds collectors Star Wars fans uh, stuff like, like that like in universe so we, clothing yeah uh huh ooh yeah. Yeah. ooh so we've been working on stuff like that. Right. Yeah. Wow. Maybe. Ooh. I mean, if you yeah. if you need That's some if you need some models for your fashion show, I know like <laughs> yeah, definitely. four of us that people. live in the area. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll get. Yeah, the first things we're working on is jackets. We're doing a couple jackets right now, getting ready for New York Comic Con. I'm going to be. Oh, yeah. I got invited to go there to actually sign autographs, which I thought yeah, was weird. Nice. But, That's awesome. But uh, that's awesome. Me, Shauna, Shauna's gonna be there, and Judah, he's one of the painters. He's Judah. gonna also be there signing autographs with I a mean, bunch it, of the stunt actors. If and, it's yeah. if it's high end apparel, I mean middle aged middle aged people are probably gonna be your demographic. So is that's not <laughs> true. Plenty of kids have expendable incomes. Yeah. <laughs> All the professional what do they call them now? Professional adolescents. They. Uh, what? Yeah, they, is that a thing? Is I'm serious. Thing? It's they 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 don't call them like the twenty somethings. They don't call yeah. themselves unemployed. They call themselves uh, professional children. See, we need we need you and John to explain this. The youth. Yeah. So. I don't know what that means. Sorry. <laughs> I, this, I mean, I'm not involved in that. John's too busy painting. He doesn't know. So John, I mean, like you know, if if anybody had any kind of like alien costumes that needed some clothing that would be in universe, like maybe there's. 
some denizen-y kind of something or other there. Yeah, what's that new costume you got there, John? I've been seeing oh, here. Well, I, I gotta I, show it, John. So, uh, Captain I, Blue Balls? I, yeah, the bith. <laughs> I have a blue bith that I... So I wanted to make a blue one because... Uh, hey, that sounds like a personal <laughs> problem. Hey, well, I made a blue bith, as you can see. Um, hey! <laughs> no, but Captain you know how uh, uh, Mon Cal's have like different variations? Like, There's a white variation, a blue variation, a brown variation. As, like, yeah. Yeah. And I wanted to be like, okay, I'm going to make like an Ice Planet version of the Bith. And that's kind of what mm. I fell into a little bit. Um, I dig it. It's, fine. it's whatever. Yeah, yeah it's, it's cool. fine. Definitely. I, I feel like it's in fine. person, I don't think it's, it's as totally, blue as it, it looks cool on me. Like, it's fun. It looks like, whoa. There's it does look cool on you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, yeah, that, I was scrolling. I was scrolling, and I saw it. And I'm like, I bet that's John. And yeah. you, you know right. what? That's the cool part, John, is that you took a chance on something that nobody has done. Like, yeah. I mean, Marcus just said it. He was scrolling, and then he stopped. Yeah, no, no, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, but I was like, so what is this? I bet it's right John. now. Yeah. We have it recorded in history. If you ever see a blue bith on screen, you'll know where you saw it first. Yeah. Where are we here? <laughs> Time stamp right. it. Mark it. Boom. I was like, somebody, somebody, do the Heimlich on that Bith because he's choking right now. Oh, he is icebox. He's choke, choking on his jets. All in it. Oh, that's a whole other story. <laughs> oh, um, we're gonna get back in that again. What, really though, like I don't know. Who, whenever the Bith was designed, whoever designed it, right, was like. Well, that's another reason why I wanted to do a different color, because the yeah. the OG Bith just looks like. I mean, it's it's literally an ass crack. A booty hole. Like, it's right, a sphincter. The front of the, and then his right? mouth it is... Like it's a, an ass crack with a sphincter. It's, it's like an instrument. It's ass so blatant. Like. Sphincter. The Moncal is pretty cool, though. It's a calamari. The Moncal sick, too, dude. They both are. Yeah. You are becoming yeah. man of the You alien. are the alien guy. Alien boy. You are the alien guy. Yeah. You are we the have, alien we guy. We have sound guy, and we have alien guy. You're alien guy. Hey, Ramey. Hey, Steven. We're being hailed. This encryption's new. This might take a while. Okay, so I think adding yet another round of proof to the fact that people at Lucasfilm listen to our show. Uh, so yesterday, um, before the finale of uh, Ahsoka came out, uh, on Lucasfilm's socials, they ran a... a PR campaign for the show around Merle the Lothcat, Re- reassuring all of us listeners that Merle is in fact okay and being taken care of. So, like, they literally are like, he's okay. It, like, they gave us a name. I, like, I know that I've been like, hey, listen, if we don't get like an after credit scene showing that at least he's okay. Like, I'm, I'm going to riot. And here we get, like, a full-on little campaign. And this was in addition, or sorry, in, in conjunction with, a uh, like, a lo-fi audio thing that they put out on their YouTube channel. So they were, they were streaming live audio yesterday. I don't know if it's still going. I'm sure it's up there as a recording. Do we know? Is is that the Kiners that are putting out the lo-fi yes. music? Is it? Yeah. Okay. That's, I didn't yeah, know they, that. They, on, their, on their Instagram, they mentioned nice. it um, nice. on their story. Marcus, can you ask Dave if that's why it got posted? Because <laughs> Ramey needs some validation. Just nah, he, I mean, <laughs> I, I'm, com- yeah, I'm, conf- I'm confident. I'm confident. I don't need. You know what? Somebody somebody had posted like uh, a comment on there, and it got like all, all the likes. But it was it was a uh, uh, question. It was, it was like question: Who's watching Sabine's Lothcat? 
and then answer plot twist it's us yeah i saw that and then we're we're all watching the <laughs> i saw that yeah yeah but i literally like yesterday morning my phone was blowing up everybody on earth was sending me the link to this thing because i had been so vocal about wanting to know that the cat was okay <laughs> so um there we have it so new york toy fair uh, ran from uh september 30th through october 3rd um and we've got a lot of like toy fair news kind of here and i'll just i don't have it all itemized out um but we can talk i'll talk through the stuff that catches my eye here and i know we there's like a million toy and collectible websites out there but uh, toy fair only comes once a year so i figured it was worth covering some of this hasbro has announced a uh what they're calling the holocom collection of so what they are is they're black series figures but they're molded in like translucent blue and then it comes with a base that's got LEDs in it. And so you can like set the figure on there and then it, the LEDs light up through the body of the figure. So it looks like you're holding the little, like when Cody is holding the thing and Emperor Palpatine says, you know, Executor 66, which uh, missed opportunity. They did not include a, a Palpatine figure in here, nor did they include most of the figures that you would expect to see as a hologram. But what we are getting is uh, Ahsoka, uh, Bo-Katan, uh, Han, Solo, the Mandalorian, and then an Axe Wolves figure, of all things, which I guess could just be any Mandalorian. But that's what they've shown so far. Um, I think there's some interesting... You'd think it'd be all the dead people. Or right. the just... Well, they're not force ghosts, Brian. They're holograms. Yeah. <laughs> the, the folks the folks that you see as holograms, like Vader and Pal- Palpatine. What, I mean, what I, thought was, what I thought was really... Han's dead. <laughs> thanks Brian what I thought was really cool is that they're in the shape of the bounty Hello. puck they are and then and then it has the little like reward credit rewards thing that goes in the front which is cool it does so it's like like I think Ahsoka was like the 40,000 credits Ahsoka's 40,000 Axe Woves is 10,000 uh, Bo-Katan's 30 I can't tell what Han is because the other one's positioned in front of it so I can't see and then uh, 20 for Din so Ahsoka's got the biggest bounty. Yep. That's pretty cool. It should be Han because he's dead. It might be. Like I said, Hans is hiding behind. In the picture that I'm looking at, it's hiding behind Bo-Katan, so I can't see uh, what the first digit of the number is there. Um, so, uh, Stephen, you had sent me this, and I actually didn't find anything about it, but you were saying that the Black Series Ahsoka lightsaber comes, and it's only the one hilt. And based on what we saw mm-hmm. in last night's episode, yeah. now we kind of so, know why. Um, so, spo- spoiler alert, if you haven't seen episode eight of Ahsoka, fast forward five minutes. But yeah, when, <laughs> when the Black Series uh, when the Black Series Ahsoka Tano hilt was announced, it was only the long saber. It, wasn't, it didn't have the Shoto. And then when Hasbro was asked if they're going to make the Shoto, they said there's no plans for it now or in the future and everybody was like why why like now we know why because it gets slightly they're like we're saving money dog <laughs> come on the shoto got got cut in half last night yeah so now everyone it did yeah do, yep. do you even yep. star wars bro yep i don't i'm just kidding thank you but she me. she took uh what's her name sword yeah after Morgan's yeah. sword. So now is she going to have both those? Those two? The Townsend sword. She used both on Morgan. Right. She yeah, she did. But so is, is that her new Shoto? The, no, the no, no. sword of Tal? Actually, That'd be wild. Actually, we, the, 
I was going to talk about it in, in the review, yet, but there was a, I don't know if it was a continuity, continuity, continuity error, or if it was meant to be, but uh, they showed Ahsoka afterwards and she had both hilts back on her belt. So probably well, goofed up. Maybe, maybe Hu Yang, hopefully Hu Yang fixed it. Yeah. Don't know. Or, yeah. or it'll be like, like when Ray reconstructed Luke's after it broke apart in the last jet. Like we, I know, we but saw it, was it, just, it was so quick. It was like it was literally like the next scene, and she has both hilts just hanging off her belt. You know? oh, it's like one of those editing filmed. things where like a guy's drinking a beer and it's full, and then it's half mm-hmm. empty, and then it goes back and it's full again. It's yeah. like one of those. Mistakes. Watch, they'll go back. Disney Plus will fix it. Pretty sure Hu Yang, Hu, Hu Yang just had like a, a welder, and he was just like, whoop, whoop, whoop. dude, his monocle came down, and he like went to work. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. Hell yeah. So scrolling through the. Uh, the New York Toy Fair stuff. I, I thought it was appropriate. Uh, so Metal Earth, the company that makes the little metal, uh, like, I don't know if they're like puzzles, but they're like little model kits and you break apart the pieces and mm-hmm. you put them, put the ships together or um, sometimes it's helmets and whatever. Uh, there's an N1 Starfighter, the Mandalorian's N1 Starfighter that looks sick and it's all metal. And this rad. thing looks pretty good. Sometimes those things don't quite look perfect, but this looks like... Looks it's right. a die cast and one, but it's made out of these little pieces of metal like that you put together yourself. So I that, that you was, assemble. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, scrolling down, I, there are coming to retail stores. There will be playing card decks that are packaged up, and they look like vintage action figures. So the screenshot I'm seeing uh, shows Chewbacca, mm-hmm. Vader, and Luke. Uh, it's three different sets of cards. I'm going to guess that the cards inside are probably the same, um, but they're on vintage Kenner playing or. Uh, card backs six by nine card backs and then uh the cards are in where the the figure would have been in the bubble i'm always a sucker for that old vintage packaging so general giants showing off they've got like a half scale gamorian guard um some other busts and figures let's see i'm just scrolling through oh oh so i am always keen on the uh, and I know you guys are too. The Tamashi Nations, the samurai-inspired figures. Oh yeah. So fun. we're getting a Ben Ken- or an Obi Wan Kenobi that looks like it's from. Oh. It looks like the version that we saw in uh, in the Obi Wan Kenobi show. Oh. So uh, it, this thing looks pretty cool. So it, it still looks pretty much like Jedi robes, but there's the belt's very elaborate. Looks like his hair's maybe got a top knot. So are there more pictures here? Oh, yeah. Dude, I'm I'm so cool. I'm so like happy with the the Japanese influence, kind of like ri- rising within the art of Star Wars. Yes, like when when mm. when Thrawn said last night uh, when he called Ahsoka the Ronin, I was like, I oh man, that. this is so awesome. I saw that. Yeah, the Kintsugi. Dude, that was slick. What is it? Okay. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Um, All right. Sorry, this is like riveting, isn't it? Uh, I'm just scrolling, scrolling through it all is. these some Lego sets. It's, it's we're it's all waiting. Just, yeah, sitting on our hands. It's kind of the usual stuff. Uh, Kotobuki has got some cool. Uh, there's a mall in Ahsoka from season, uh, from the last season of Clone Wars uh, that look really good. That's that's kind of the extent of the Toy Fair stuff. Um, so moving on. Oh, uh, so Hot Toys. Through, through Sideshow, uh, there's a chopper uh, 
one six yeah. scale coming that looks really good. It's price. It it's, really it's priced like like usually the droids aren't as expensive. Chopper is priced up there. <laughs> um, but interestingly enough, in the screenshots for him, it, you see. There's, it's hints that Hera's coming, which to the surprise of nobody, right? But there will be a Hera figure coming because she's actually, you can see like her kind of from the waist down in the background of some of the pictures. So I've already pre-ordered it. The chopper or the Hera? The, the chopper. <laughs> the Hera. The, the product page isn't up yet, but I've already pre-ordered. Right. <laughs> um, so we've got some, here, here in our own backyard in Southern California, we've got some guest announcements uh, that are relevant to the listeners of the show for LA Comic-Con. Um, so... Uh, we've got uh, Natasha Lou Bordizo, uh, Ivana Sakno, gosh, you, it's not bad. Uh, Diana Lee Insonato and Iman Fondi. So we've got the four of them coming to LA Comic Con. That is December 1st through 3rd. I think I saw they're really only there on Saturday and Sunday, not on Friday. So um, they're doing auto- autographs and photo ops. I think Friday LA Comic Con is, so is just cool. like a half day. Is it? I think so. Yeah. It's like 5 p.m. or something. It's the preview. Yeah. yeah. Um, so the Kiners uh, did, so Kevin, Deanna, and Sean all did an interview with Screen Rant. And uh, they, I, it's a great article. I'm not going to bleed it dry because there's honestly more in here than I could really go through it in its entirety. But uh, one of the things that uh, I thought was interesting, they talk about how they actually had to kind of exercise some restraint as it related to um, introducing the character themes in the, mu- in the music for the show. So Deanna said, it really comes from great guidance from Dave Filoni, who was really helpful in giving us that insight of when we would use somebody's theme. He would be like, no, this isn't the time or place for this. They're in a different spot. You need to understand that they're on a different part of their journey. They're not the same person that they were 11 years ago. Their environment is different. Their emotions are different. They're going through a different thing. It was really helpful to have that because we would definitely fall into that. Um, And then Kevin added, he had to de-geek us. We were like, let's do Sabine's theme. And he's like, no, not right now. Play her emotions. That's your job. And then we're like, oh, yeah, I've been only been doing this for 40 years. I should know that. But we're so geeked out about using the themes. That video they posted today of them playing the theme live for Balin. So good. Yeah, that was cool. That was so bad. I, I think that... As George Lucas says, the music is the secret sauce. It's the oxygen of Star Wars. Um. I think that's interesting, though, that Filoni was commenting on kind of not necessarily using the themes because the characters were in a different place. Because I think, as we've commented, like some of the characters didn't necessarily feel like they're rebels incarnations. And so this hints or at least reinforces the idea that that there was some intentional direction from Filoni that they are not the same characters that they were 11 years ago. So it sounds like that was that was something that was sort of a recurring undercurrent throughout the production so uh makes sense us being a podcast of of dads right like kevin kiner also talked about how um indispensable the input from his kids were um on on the show like it's that's actually pretty cool if you think about it to be able to do what he's done and and work with his two kids on this project so um you know how you talk they talked about how the uh the end credits theme was actually kind of out of an idea for that they had for a variation on the original Ahsoka theme. So Kevin said, a perfect example of progressing the music is what these two did with my Ahsoka theme. 
that has its roots in the Tales of the Jedi, where we did the birth of Ahsoka episode and then the three episodes about Ahsoka. They came up with a variation of Ahsoka's theme, which is now the beginning of the end credits. It's a variation of what was in Tales of the Jedi, but it's taking that melody. And we do just play the melody later on in the end credits, but at the beginning, it's a variation of that theme, and it's a new take. It has this groove in it, which we call a Ronin groove. It's a Ronin motif. So back to the Japanese influence that we mentioned. Mm-hmm. So a uh, big introduction to the show music-wise was the song Igya Ka, which uh, plays over Sabine's intro at, in episode one. So they were very excited about playing around with the idea of an earthy music in the Star Wars galaxy, which we actually saw them do in uh, Clone Wars, especially in the earlier episodes where like there was full-on guitars and... Um, a lot of like culturally inspired music influences. Like we really, in the first season between the movie and the first season of uh, Clone Wars, we really got a lot of like variety in the music. But uh, mm-hmm. but uh, so uh, Deanna said for such a long time, we really focused on making sure that those kinds of source music or cantina songs sounded as alien as possible, very unusual, very different. I think it's really nice to have gotten to a place where it's just like, oh, we can just make like. And then Kevin jumps in and says, straight up punk or straight up rock. And then back to Deanna, she says, yeah, it's fantasy. We, we can play with it and explore. And that was a big part of it. Initially with that piece, we approached it with a very like, this needs to sound alien. This needs to sound unusual and different mentality. But then we realized, oh, we just need to kind of make this a banger. So, um, and I know that she, she specifically worked very closely with, uh, with the musicians that put that one together. And then they also talked about the um, Grand Admiral Thrawn's theme which is got that iconic pipe pipe organ sound and it was very like when you heard the pipe organ in rebels you knew thrawn was about to walk on screen and they did approach it a little bit differently um with this and for reasons that they get into so um they wanted to go big with the character's theme but they realized that it didn't actually fit anymore so we were like so deanna says you know we were like thrawn's theme let's go and kevin says with the organ but then back to deanna she says we were doing all of the um arpeggiations and everything, every aspect of it, and having it develop with this, the scene. But then as we went over it with Dave, he was like, this piece is playing the music. We need to be focused on the moment and the scene. And then Sean adds, and the point of the scene is not the music. So Deanna says, exactly. So when we came back to the drawing board, we were like, especially since so many people have not met this person, hinting that like there's people that are watching the show that never watched Rebels. Um, right. this is really dangerous bad guy we need to add weight to it we need to inject fear into just hearing that one note that's how we kind of developed it we started to distort the organ we moved different ways we found different ways to make it way more atmospheric to match the presence of his ship and make you feel the presence of this destroyer i noticed that when they when they first played it it was like it was like a, a, a like an electronica version of the organ like it felt, mm-hmm. uh, it felt more like like nails on a chalkboard, yeah. you know. Yeah. Like ah, oh, it was good. So yeah, good. I I remember back when they did the sound for Rebels, they in an article that I had read at the time, they talked about the pipe organ was a deliberate thing that they introduced because they wanted Thrawn to sort of be perceived as like Count Dracula, and what better musical motif to in, to make mm-hmm. you think of Dracula than a pipe organ? So right. Um, so fo- following up from last week's uh, long set of news on the strike and the updates that we gave there. So um, wanted to follow back up on the SAG piece of this. Again, the, um, 
the WGA strikes over. Uh, right now we have until the 9th of October for the members of the Writers Guild to vote to ratify that agreement. And again, we think that that will go through just fine. Uh, the, the council ratified it unanimously. So, um, But the writers are sticking to this. They're, they're not going back to work uh, until the SAG strike is also uh, corrected. So we, uh, we literally, while we were recording last week, they had broke the news that uh, on Mon- this past Monday, they were going to be meeting uh, for the first time since July 13th. So that session marked the first time that, that the media executives, so uh, Walt Disney's Bob Iger, uh, the Netflix co-chief uh, Ted Sarandos, uh, Warner Brothers Discovery's chief uh, David Zaslav, and NBC Universal Studio Group's chairman Donna Langley, they all the four of them sat down with the leaders of uh, SAG, uh, which has been on strike since again the 13th. So, in a joint statement that was released on Monday evening, uh, SAG, AFRA, and AMPTP uh, said, which is and that's the group that negotiates on behalf of the studios. They said after concluding a full day bargaining session, they would meet again on Wednesday, um, and so. I don't have the latest and greatest from what came out of today's conversations yet. And maybe that'll come out while we're talking like it did last week. But what I've heard is that AMPTP came to the table using the WGA agreement as a template to present to SAG. But uh, SAG's president, who's actually Fran Drescher, like remember mm-hmm. the nanny? So she's she's the <laughs> SAG nanny. president. Um, yeah. So she, she pointed out like one size does not fit all. There are unique things that SAG needs. So some of the things that that AMPTP contract doesn't even touch on is things like wasn't ready um, for yeah. you know the the, the AI uh, regulations that are needed around the use of AI assets of the performers and things like that like that wasn't part of the the WJ one um, things like when SAG performers are asked to turn in self taped auditions the turnaround times that they're asked for are really tight and sometimes they've got multi page scripts that they've got to memorized to be able to record it they might have to go and have it professionally recorded which they have to do out of their own pocket and things like that so some of the conditions under which they um, do those auditions like even stuff like that not even just conditions on working on a project but just the auditioning even like there's stuff that are that's in SAG's purview that doesn't even exist in the writer's world so using and or using the uh, WGA agreement just isn't going to be a good foundation. So there's probably pieces of it, but the, largely it's, it's a different set of things that they need. So, um, yeah. And I, I mean, I thought it would be interesting to pitch this over. So Marcus, like, obviously you work in the business. The, I, I think even at a bare minimum, the strikes have impacted the timelines of stuff that we maybe expected would be st- starting to get worked on now. Yeah, definitely. Um, what have you seen from, from the industry side? Uh, well, as far as timelines, yeah, everything's pushed back. Definitely. Yeah, well, it's just how has how like in your, from your position in in production and pre production and everything, like how has the stri- how have the strikes impacted like the the timeline for the stuff that you expected to maybe be working on by now? Yeah, yeah, we whatever. were supposed to get started uh, like much sooner, a few months ago on uh, uh, the the next coming show. I don't know if I can talk about it, um, so I'm not going to mention the show, but. Uh, yeah, it has pushed things back a right. few months, uh, definitely. Um, I was working in Prague on, on that other show that I mentioned, Foundation, and we were right in the middle of uh, production, and we had to stop right when the 
when the SAG after us started uh, to to strike, we, that's what shut us down. I mean, the writers we were still going uh, during the writer strike, but uh, right when SAG joined them, we it shut down us and we had we were all sent home, which is you know it's expensive and it's a lot a lot of money for the the production to do that, but uh, that's how it is, you know. Um, they are looking to pick things back yeah. up, but it's still it's still rumor. We don't know. We don't know when it's going to happen. And yeah, but I know pre-production on things uh, probably will start up uh, sooner than later. So back uh, in uh, Prague, all over. Yeah, Prague and here and yeah, a few things. So yeah. Oh oh yeah. Mm -hmm. In yeah. general. But yeah. Pro <laughs> Thought you're talking about you no, not me. But yeah, in Prague, like I, <laughs> I had the option to either go back to Prague if when things st uh, uh, started back up, or stay here to work on other things that I rather work on. <laughs> no, I mean like I can't pass up right, right, Star Wars right. jobs. So yeah, that, I, I, I opted course, to stay yeah. home and, and get on the next Star Wars job. Yeah, yeah, that's tough, yeah, right? Yeah. You got to make that decision. You're all. Uh... Prague's cool Somewhere and all, but cool. yeah, Wait. yeah. There, there's nothing like <laughs> yeah. working on Star Wars. Dude. It's it's amazing. Yeah, oh, especially yeah. being a yeah. But yeah, it's definitely pushed things back, and yeah, think think things are starting up again, or or at least rumors of things are starting up again. So uh, yeah, we're hearing we're hearing things so like okay, pre-production might be starting on a few different things, but you know it all depends on when the strike's over and we can get back to work. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a bummer having to stop work, but you know, it's it's you know, it's it's necessary. You know, we're not making living a wage. You know, there's, there's a lot of good. Right. people that are just not making what yeah. they used to doing the same job uh, based on the old contracts, and you know, this thing it's very necessary, even though it it's unfortunate that it puts a lot of us out of work. You know, but uh, I mean, the studios are are the ones that are really suffering. You know, they're they're losing millions, billions of dollars. But yeah, yeah, cities are losing money. I mean, like Los Angeles has lost billions by now. Um, yeah, so there's a there's there's a lot of, you know, negative side to it. But I mean, we have to be able. They have to be able to pay a living wage for the people that are creating their content. I mean, and and they're you know they're making you know their record profits. So at the same time, it's like. You know, we have to push for. I mean, they, they. It's just, it's just the normal. They want to pay us less. We, we want, we need and deserve more. You know, it's, it's, it's that typical thing. You know, our right, the classic. I yeah. feel like this happens in the industry. Yeah, yeah, right? Every yeah. Right 10, when I started, when I, right when it's I joined like, the, yeah. the 705 local union, Aatsi, um, we went on strike. Like we were, or we were voting to go on strike, and and that was, you know, yeah. a whole contract renegotiation mm -hmm. and. Hey, which was cool because like Welcome right I had, I had started working and then we had that uh, uh that that uh vote to go on strike or not and then we had to get the rest of the unions to agree and things happened not the way we exactly wanted but our contract got uh negotiated and, and we ended up with a higher pay rate and some more benefits which was great we got retro pay so that i mean like it, it's worth it uh, you know going through all this in the end even though it's, it really does suck that it pushes so many timelines back. Because even me as a fan, I'm like, wait a minute. It, I worked on Masoka Win, and then for the next one, I'm trying, doing the math in my head. And I'm just like, oh, I got to wait so long, you know, for the next thing to come out. And yeah, because yeah, I think even stuff that 
is long was long since done when the strike started is being pushed out. Like I think we expected to be seeing Skeleton Crew, right. for example, before the end of this year. And I'm not asking you to say comment on that. I'm just yeah. I'm saying I I, we expected to see that by now. And and here we are. It, I think at this point we've seen the lineup for Disney Plus through the end of the year, and it's not right. there. So we're looking at next year now. Mm-hmm. Right. So because they're pushing things right. out to fill the right. void. I mean, change. Yeah, change is inevitable, and sometimes things take you know collective group getting together to try to make yeah. things right yeah i mean it, so. it's really great being part of a it union you know is. when i I'm, I'm a new union member and just going to the meetings and, and listening to the things that are happening and what what we're about and what you know just just being a, a, a collective workforce that's unionizing you know it's it's such a great and important thing if you can be a part of a union i would definitely recommend it uh you should get a, a you know become a part of a union I mean, the United States is a union. You know, we're all United citizens. We get to vote on things, and uh, it's it's just all a part of this this great country that we live in. And uh, you should participate any way you can. Like, yeah, unions are great. I, I I would support any union that's going on strike. I'm, you know, we have to keep up the uh, 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 right to to earn a living wage and and the right to to uh, um, provide for ourselves. Yeah, that's my spiel on that. <laughs> well said, well said. Yeah. So that is actually it for the news. I have known many Padawans over the centuries, and I can safely say your aptitude for the Force would fall short of them all. This is it, guys. The last episode review of the season for Ahsoka, season one, episode eight, The Jedi, The Witch and the Warlord, an original air date of October 3rd, 2023, and a runtime of 49 minutes. This episode saw the returning direction of Rick Famuyiwa, uh, written by Dave Filoni, of course, with music by Kevin Kiner. Um, guys, this was... <laughs> We've got, we've, I mean, this was an episode. We've got, I know some of you in this room uh, just think it was the best Star Wars ever. And those who are, I know there's at least one person in here who's, who, who didn't who's, uh, uh, you, yeah. <laughs> hey, I, I, uh, I like can, this one. So I, I know okay. <laughs> this one, this one, this one wasn't, this an one email. wasn't an email. So I know everybody's going to be thinking it was me that was bad mathing, but it wasn't. All right, guys, let's give your uh, honest reviews of this episode. John, let's start with you. <laughs> Go. Oh, um, honest review. I liked it personally. There was a lot uh, we got to see um, just as like a little payoff. Um, for example, we saw, I mean, I, I don't want to just go through everything, but for example, we saw Morgan Elsbeth uh, gain the power of, I guess the power of the shadow mm. is what they were calling it. That the the night mothers like basically like imbued her with night yeah, sister magic. Those cool tattoos, and she became like think... Savage, right? Like that was the same spell that Talzin did for Savage. Yeah. Savage. Um, for Savage. Savage. Yeah. Savage Ventures. I think. I think this is. Yeah, I think it's the same thing that we've seen before in the Clone Wars. It's just that and the they sword don't of Talzin too, which we've seen. Yeah, also. I, I. I just don't think that. Elsbeth had the opportunity to get it because they don't exist in she that. Was by yeah. Mm-hmm. She was by herself. Yeah. Right. 
Also, yeah. but her eyes turned green. Her eyes turned green, yeah. just like just like um, cool. she got like the tattoos or whatever on her face. I also really liked that um, Ezra was able to build his own lightsaber, like kind of on the spot, and that Hu Yang had the brother emitter to Kanan's lightsaber in case he ever yeah, needed it. That was cool. And and basically, cool. he built his saber with one of Kanan's parts. And and the, and the little mentions of him too, I always really appreciate that because obviously we didn't get but, any of him in the show. But you know, it was like I, I'm, I don't want to interrupt you, John. Again, I'm no. sorry, no, but no. The, the fact that Hu Yang knew that Caleb Doom would lose that emitter piece, like he, he knew that that off. was in his, he knew that was in Caleb's character, and yet the first time that we saw Caleb and Ezra meet is when he stole his lightsaber piece. Yeah. Yeah. Right, right. Did, yeah, we did. He did. Yeah. Is this the first time that so, we had heard uh, how old Hu Yang is? Did they say? It? Oh, did they say? No, he didn't say. Didn't say exactly the, the age. He no, I'm pretty really sure old. they said he was like twenty five thousand years old or something like. It was like some ridiculously oh. large number. Hundred? Did they drop a number? Uh, I didn't hear. A I, I think that. Was, I, I didn't. Maybe, I didn't yeah. hear that. On it the might. Show. It might be on. It might be on StarWars.com because I did also hear that one hour before the show premiered. They changed uh, on StarWars.com. They changed Sabine's data bank entry from Mandalorian to Jedi. Ooh, interesting. Because we also got that little tidbit, which I guess I'll let someone else talk about. But very cool. Before you go on, John, yes. uh, back back to Hu Yang building oh. the saber. Yes, dude, dude, he was his arms. It was just like the yeah. Clone Wars episode where he. His arms are back. It's all in the drawers. Yep. He's going it's back like and watching forth. us. Dude, it was just like the Clone Wars scene and, when he's putting together the kids' sabers. And, and last like thing that. I'll mention, uh, uh, Balin basically going off on his own and finding the father, the son, and then the daughter's uh, statue is gone, essentially. The head is gone. But you do also see Morai fly around right. and, and yeah. sort of acknowledge Ahsoka. Mm-hmm. So that's it. I loved all that. I- I'm really excited for season two. I really, really, really hope they recast Balin. Unfortunately, rest in peace. Uh, Rip. Ray. Um, but um, I hope they recast it so we can continue to see what happens with Balin and, and, and Shin, obviously, because go- they're both yeah. going their separate ways. So uh, very cool. Um, and I'll let someone else go on. I liked it a lot. Looking, looking forward to season two. Yep. Brian. Brian, go. <laughs> Why do you want me to go next? Say it. Well, I, I wasn't here last week, so. Okay, but that was episode seven. Just, We're talking about episode time. eight. Yeah, Brian, yeah, yeah. go. Let me just. <laughs> okay, so apparently I can't just, you know, feel disappointment in something without you can. It being labeled as I hate it. No, so you're, absolutely, hate it. I, you're absolutely entitled I, to your opinion. I, yeah. I liked the episode. I love, I've said it earlier, Thrawn. Balin, Shin, Mort, I always forget her name, Morgan, Mort, Morgan. the Night Sisters, Night Mothers, all the death, or the Night Sister Troopers, whatever we're calling them, Night Troopers, Ahsoka, the Night Type, I already pilot. said Thrawn, I'm going to say Thrawn again, <laughs> perfection, Ezra redeemed himself after yes. the last episode, I really liked Ezra in this episode, but like, there's so much perfection, I just, I'm still, I'm just disappointed in Hera and Sabine. I didn't need Sabine to have the Force. That's really kind of throwing me off. 
on that one. Um, and I just, this I don't know. It seems like if you're in your 30s, you're absolutely in love with this show. And if you're outside of that, it's a little... In your 30s? Like... It's it's if, if you're young, you know, I had a I had a I had a um, I have a someone I work with who's I'll say an advanced casual Star Wars. They're not like us, but they watched and they watched Rebels. They're not deep into Rebels, but they knew it. And it was like uh, nine. And he's on the East Coast and it was like nine forty six. And he was like, what the F was that? <laughs> he was like so confused. I just feel like they just kind of like jumped like Balin like okay he's on the statues of the father and the mother whatever the mortis gods and he's got like a different he's got like a brown cape and everything's like well how long have you been out there it's been like 48 hours you might have had that tucked in like are we jumping ahead you might have had it tucked in where are we you never know okay it's been a couple days hey come on can we get a little more maybe he's not the same thing like ezra like wasn't that listen this is my part my part i'm sorry i just had a question Um, wasn't that the cape that like caught on fire when he got blasted mm. <laughs> he did a cartwheel he didn't get blasted thought he fell <laughs> he did like a forward roll. Uh, i do the jujitsu every day um um <laughs> I, it, I don't know there just wasn't con- same thing with ezra he just like mm-hmm. i get it he stole a night trooper costume and whatever dude death death, death troopers night night what are they called troopers. night death Night Death Troopers. Night Death Troopers, dude. Those guys, were sick. Rah, rah, and the rah, um, rah. the the tie pilots too. Yeah, yeah, they had those. Yeah, the, those helmets were so good. Yeah, um, those are those really, are really cool to see. I've never really big zombie fan, but it was cool. I liked Just it. Just in time for um, Halloween. Morgan Elsbeth, she was sick. Yeah. Sword and everything. I was all about it. I was hoping when they when the Night Sisters were turning here, I was like, oh my god, this is so sick. I was hoping she was gonna turn white. Like, yeah, I would have. Like I would have liked to see them just go all in and turn her into another one of them. Like her dress, dress changes color. That would have been cool. I feel like, I I feel like her complexion became more white as the show. And you know, what's crazy too. Uh, Thrawn, Thrawn was like, we need more time. Basically saying, guess what? You're staying. And she's like, uh, I understand. Like, Oh, all right, here we go. He's all about using, (laughs) anyone he no can but that was crazy because he's just like so. we need more time and she's like oh crap like okay <laughs> and he's like for the but empire you know what, and she's like for dathomir <laughs> exactly she she's she's saying that to him but she's really doing it she's doing for it for her, her for her race, people her race yeah for her people right all but of it is for it, that i thought that yeah. kind of sucked though because it was like all of a sudden she, he's like uh we need more time and she's like oh okay like cool. o- overall I, I really, really liked it. I didn't need Sabine to have the force, so that's just kind of throwing me off. And I just, I thought this was going to be this, like, giant cliffhanger. And it kind of ended, and I was like, eh. I don't know. I was a little underwhelmed so, from what I kind of expected. But I liked it. It's not horrible. I like it. Don't get me wrong. Don't twist my words. Um, I guess I'll go next. Uh, um, I mean, there was a lot, there's a lot of little things that I want to like, uh, point out in the show, but before I do that, I I do want to talk about how I appreciate how, um, I mean, Dave Filoni, like he really did 
carry on the storylines and the themes from Rebels. This was Rebels season five for all intents and purposes. Um, I like how in Rebels, when we saw all the hints of Sabine becoming a Jedi paid off uh, in this final season. I think that a lot of people forget that her bloodline is Vizsla and she's a direct descendant of Tar Vizsla. Therefore, I mean, just like George Lucas said, the force is in all of us. She's just finally chosen to tap into it, um, but she's not good at it. And, you know, I like I like that part. Um, I, we yelled at the TV when she was like when when Ahsoka and and uh, Morgan were fighting on the top of the structure and then Sabine had to make a choice whether to go follow Ezra or go back to uh, Ahsoka. And they just the camera just shows her running towards Ezra. I think we all yelled at our TV, that bitch. <laughs> and then we're like, oh no, she's good. She's good. She's cool. Okay. Um uh the ending of the of the episode when they show um Balin on top of the statue of of the father. I think okay. I know I've been saying Bendu all season long. No Zepho. No there was no Zepho. But my second theory, and this was a theory that was popularized by, um, gosh, uh, he's another YouTuber. I'll link him down below. Um, he's been saying all season that he thinks it's Abeloth, and I know that's a super deep cut. But look at what Dave has delivered the rest of the season in its entirety. Everything here is a deep cut. So Abeloth really isn't too far off. And for those of you who don't know what Abeloth is or who it is, it's the mother. So the mother was actually a human who served the Mortis gods. And at the end of her life, because she's mortal, she chose to drink from, I don't know, it's like the 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 well of knowledge or something and that she thought it would turn her into a mortis god but instead it turned her into this like super powerful demon that was just pretty much the the embodiment of the dark side of the force and for all eternity the the father the the daughter and the son had to go through this like cyclical thing where they had to keep like banishing her to some planet to some mountain or something and they had to keep imprisoning her i know it's all super deep cut you guys always get on john for reading all the comics and stuff but this is like classic luke skywalker versus versus abeloth stuff and so you know like dave even dave filoni even said before you watch ahsoka watch these key episodes of of rebels and clone wars and the mortis trilogy was was part of that i think i think that he's I think that Balin is being called to wherever Abeloth is being imprisoned, which I guess is going to be that mountaintop that he was staring at. And in order for him to defeat, in order for Abeloth to get defeated, I think it's going to have to be him becoming maybe the son or the father or whatever. Anakin. Well, Ahsoka. Hey, help me out with this. So at this time, at this period, 
we, we know the daughter's now gone because she helped. She's basically what the Morai. She they're all dead. So all the Morris gods are dead. Not not the son. Not yeah, the, he is. Where's uh, Anakin? The son disappeared. Anakin stabbed him, and but he took off. He flew away. He flew. Let he flew away at the end of yeah. No, I think the son's still alive. The the father's dead. The father's dead for because sure. Because Anakin was because Anakin was supposed to take his mm-hmm. place and he didn't. Yeah, but then the son. But the son, but then the son realized the error of his ways in front of his de- in, in front of the dead father, and at that moment, that's when Anakin stabbed him. I need to go back and watch. Go back. I thought the, back I thought the son survived. Okay, I'll go back. So I think I think Balin is going to be the son. I think Anakin's going to. Abalone. I think Ad Anakin's going to ascend to be the father. Abalone. And then and then uh, Ahsoka is going to be uh, the daughter. I know these are just theories, but anyway, I'm off on a tangent. Love the season. Love the episode. I I do wish that we could have gotten a little more um uh character i don't want to say character development because these are established characters but mm-hmm. i feel like i feel like we missed out a lot on the season for hera we didn't even see zeb uh in this show we saw him in uh, uh in mando in this right? show but in this show we didn't even get to see zeb but um non-consequential you know uh chopper i think he had a total of like 30 seconds the whole season. Um, well, it was called Ahsoka, uh, not not the Chopper I, show. The Chopper and then, and you know, show. Like at the and and I know that editing has to do a lot of stuff because of the passing of of um, uh, uh, Ray Ray Ray. Um, but I felt like the cut that they did to him at the very end was so hard of a cut to him that it was like okay, you, you could clearly tell that there was other scenes missing. So I, I don't know if I'm wrong or not, but it felt that way. Like it was just, it was so out of place, such a hard cut to him. Um, other than that, I was, I love that Anakin was there at the end, smiling at Ahsoka. Um, Sabine. He looked um like he almost had like tears in his eyes and then he smiled. He looked proud. Yeah. Like he, he, yeah. he had the proud look. He's a proud father. He had a proud look. Yeah. She finished her training. She became a suck of the white. Uh, Marcus. Uh, let's see. I liked the episode. I mean, I, I have to go back and rewatch it. I was kind of distracted. My dog recently had surgery, and he was like super uncomfortable the whole time. Yeah. No. But uh, I have to go rewatch it. My but my favorite parts that stuck out were probably. Uh, Morgan and Ahsoka's fight. I just that choreography was really dope, and uh, yeah, I just really love that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I have to go back and and really watch it for like to grasp the content, how everything like connected, and and I missed I missed a lot of that I think. But um, uh, I'm biased. I mean, I worked on the show, so every time I I just I see I'm looking at my work really. <laughs> I'm just like oh, that's honest. We know what you like. Yeah. Right. Aesthetically, it's the best ever. Yeah, I mean, could you guys tell the way everything was sculpted? It was just amazing. The best Star Wars, the best Star Wars ever. The Ahsoka armor, Enoch. Thanks. What else? (laughs) Yeah, Anakin's armor. (laughs) Clone Wars. Yeah, Anakin's armor. Damn, that's 
Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm totally biased. Oh, I love all of it. Yeah, that's... <laughs> I don't see anything wrong with it. Dave is the master. I bow down. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I thought it was great. I can't wait for the next one. I can't wait to work on the next one. So, yeah. Yeah. Season two. Uh, Marcus, uh, curious. Can you talk about the the night troopers and and how they were how they look like the differences between like let's say a normal stormtrooper and and why certain choices were, were uh, made I can't for the speak night as troopers? far as like choices because that's shauna you know and dave and I'm like, they make all those design choices and and the reasons why things are the way they are but i mean um the i know that the kin kintsugi kintsugi i can't say it <laughs> yeah the kintsugi, kintsugi style like that was a big deal like shauna bought us books that we had to look at and read and references and uh there was a lot of like test testing paints and how we're gonna do it and gold leaf and what's gold leaf and what's not and yeah we, we built i think we built around 35 of those suits so we were busy with that we had Dang. we had a, a, a few yeah That's some help come in and help us do like the the gold leafing and painting and wrapping the you know the little red wraps and getting those tucked in but and those suits i believe they were the suits that were used on uh uh, uh kenobi yeah yeah kenobi yeah oh yeah so we do repurpose stuff yeah like that happens you know budget like i said you know and you know yeah. a lot of people don't know that but but a lot of those suits cool. are, all those suits are made out of rubber um they're all cast in rubber, and that's that's what we we've been doing too. With all, uh huh. They're they're, they're nylon, right? Uh, no, they're they're I think, uh, I... cast in a urethane rubber. Polyurethane. Oh, that's right. That, that's that's right. It was the urethane. Oh. The stormtrooper outfits. That's yeah. what I've been playing yeah, with. Yeah, that's that's recently. why John's playing with it. Yeah, yeah. Wow. All of our armor now. That's what we're doing, because 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 the show is so oh, heavy, heavy, you know, on. stunt heavy, you... that we have to have everything be safe. Yeah. and. Yeah. Saves and, the damage, and yeah. Keep right. from breaking. Well, the troopers yeah. keep dying, so they got to get back <laughs> up. Right? Can't break the armor, right? Uh, so we saw we saw um, night troopers, night stormtroopers. We saw night yep. tie pilots. Night death troopers. We saw night mm -hmm. death troopers. Did we see? Were there night no. scouts? I, I don't remember. No. Was there a night scout? No. no? We didn't make one. Not that um, <laughs> oh, but so you no. know what? You know what we didn't see? We, we didn't get a good look at, but what we saw later online was the uh, the Mandalorian female. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ooh. I mean, not in this episode, but jeez. Yeah, yeah. Right. That helmet Amazing. was cool, right? Yeah, yeah. The, Insane. The did you do that? that? No, oh, I didn't do that helmet. Yeah. The helmet was made by a guy named Hill, who's uh, been in the industry for a long time. He came through with such mastery and... He pumped out that helmet like faster than I've ever seen, and uh, he, you know he started with I forget which helmet, but he modded it, and then he just created that whole face and the visor. Yeah, that helmet's rad. Yeah, the, those scenes were so yeah. brief. Yeah, too. it's unfortunate. Uh, they were, they, yeah, they were so brief, and it was funny because I remember when we were like going through the episode, we were looking at screenshots, and they, I think we all were like, oh, it's a super commando yeah. or whatever. And I was like, that's the female because I could see the jetpack because the jetpack is the, the female jetpacks right. are super small. 
And I was like, no, it's yep, a female. Yep. It's a female. That's true. There's just, the scenes yeah. were Crosshair, so great. Crosshair was the first to spot that on the show. Because yeah. <laughs> because Tori wanted it for a minute. <laughs> I was like, I was going down the it's path. It's a bad costume. Yeah. Yeah. Did you hear that? Uh, did you hear? I think it was Ariana Greenblatt had had mentioned something about the live action Clone Wars being a possibility. Like she wouldn't say no to it. And then when and then because she said that, somebody asked Hayden recently, like, oh, here's what Ariana said. Like, what do you think? And he was like, oh, yeah, I'm totally down. And so everyone's like, what? <laughs> live action Clone Wars happen. show. I mean, you got the two principal actors ready to go. Dang! Imagine that. Hey, the schedule is clear. Just get, Imagine just get you in to do Obi Wan. Not anymore. Yeah. Tech. What, Joe? What do you think about the uh, the episode? Uh, I I think um, I was kind of expecting something more for the finale, meaning. You know, season two Mandalorian, we had Luke, which caused everybody to scream, right? Like just a complete surprise. It would have been, I don't know, I don't know, maybe I was expecting a surprise of some sort, but it wasn't. It was just a continuation of characters that we already knew, and it was just telling more of the story. So uh, there was no jaw-dropping surprise. It was just, it was good. It was good. Um, no real complaints. I did feel like, you know, the whole thing with, um, same thing, Balin getting on top of the rock and cool. That was cool. As soon as you saw this, the, the, the statue, it wasn't, it wasn't clear at first, but you could just tell the silhouette like, Oh, that's the father. You just knew, right. Um, this, this is rebels five. I mean, you, you have to be a deep fan to know this. If you're just as a casual star Wars fan, it's going to go right past you. Mm-hmm. Your show is Endor as, as Andor, right? It, it's those kind of shows. But if you're, if you're, a deep fan, you follow all the content. This show delivered. I mean, it, it's amazing what, what they're able to do. Um, and then also just the swap of now Ezra's in the mm-hmm. he's home and who took his place was Sabine and uh and Ahsoka. And and because the more I showed up, that's where she's supposed to be. You know what I mean? It, exactly, it's it wasn't yeah. it wasn't on accident. Right. That's a, she was supposed to be there. And so it wasn't like, oh, they missed their opportunity. No, no they did, but they're su- she's supposed to be there. And um, I love the fact that, I mean, this is Filoni, right? It's, it's, as, as soon as Ezra started reaching down to the TK, like, here he goes. He's going to put it on. Gary, I mean, that was his MO. <laughs> That's such and an Ezra Kanan, move, right? Yeah, totally. Ezra and Kanan, that, they did that just about every – it seemed like every episode in Rebels, and it was so awesome to see – that that's how he's gonna sneak on to, did, to, to uh, very Ezra. Did you guys catch? Yeah, did Ezra. you guys catch Chopper at the very end, like when he used his scanners to know it's Ezra? He knew, and nobody knew. Yeah, but but he was like, yeah. "Is it you? Is it you?" It's like it's like a dog that sniffs your feet. Like, is this really you? Like, <laughs> you know, you know, and and um, I I know we're not like high up on. Sindula didn't have a lot of scenes or whatever. She didn't have a lot of lines, but. I got to admit, it was super sweet to see them lock eyes. It, yeah. That, yeah. That was a tender moment. As soon as that I, ship landed, I was like, mm-hmm. oh, that's Ezra, and this is going to be cool. It, and it was Yeah. Cool. When, it was when, when, when she locked eyes with Ezra, that was a super sweet moment. Mm-hmm. So, again, true fans, their heart sank. It's, it's you know, he's like, I'm it's back. I'm home. You know, oh, he's home. That, I mean, that was a big deal. 
And Sabine did it. I mean, she took a chance. She she got his her home. Also, Thrawn. <laughs> oh, there's a there's a there's a meme that there's a, there's a meme going around today that it's showing uh, uh, Thrawn when he finds out that the Jedi approaching the planet is Anakin Skywalker's Padawan, and then he has that look on his face. But then there's like when he when he comes back to the galaxy, seeing that it's defended by Anakin Skywalker's son. Yeah, and he's right. like, "Oh crap, this is bad." Yeah, <laughs> it's a little a little blue poop. He's like, <laughs> goes in his poop in his throne drawers. <laughs> no, it was it was a uh, it was good. I I guess um, if I had to rate the episode, you know, like a, a nine out of a ten, it was good. Ramy. To build on something that Joe said, I, I wanted to... So the, at the end, clearly we know that Balin is still moving towards his endgame, which seems to be something much bigger. So it's safe to assume that the point of origin for whatever this bigger thing is, is this other galaxy. Since Ahsoka and Sabine have been left behind, they are now positioned where they need to be to be the first line of defense against that thing when it wakes up. Now, you know, we've pointed out before that there's a lot of formulaic stuff in, in all of these shows, right? Like there's a, a, a language to star Wars that, that you can predict certain things. They're going to try and they're, they're going to try and stop this thing from getting off this planet. They're going to fail because it's not a threat unless it actually makes it back to the Republic. So it's going to get right. off and it's going to get back and they're going to have to battle it back home. So, but, uh, but again, putting Sabine and Ahsoka there. To, to, like I said, be the first line of defense against it, that helps set the stage for what we would expect to see in season two. And then, uh, and then, and then the big, the big battle Abeloth. would potentially be the Abeloth. movie, right? Like, again, just trying to like look at the formula and, and how things would be lined up. So I think it will be cool though. You're right. The, the son of Anakin, Luke's going to finally show up, right? I mean, they're kind of building everything's for this. We kind of talked about it, like like an Avenger yeah. style, everybody assemble, hero, event, yep. kill Thrawn, or whatever the or whatever the big bad is, whether it's Thrawn or something else. So so we're yeah, we're here, and here's the thing: there's now two bad things coming because Thrawn's Thrawn's there, and he just made it to Dathomir, which was an interesting choice, right? Like we had talked about how, like well, it, at the end, they're going to be like there's going to be that oh shit moment where Thrawn made it. And everybody's like, "Oh, now what?" But it, but he, he had to. Do but he ended up at. Did anyone? He ended up at Dathomir, that, that, not a, a Republic planet. Well, and Ezra said because he had to deliver those. It, well, those, those Ezra passes, said that right? he had found Peridia, that he woke up those mothers. You know, so all this stuff isn't by coincidence. Like he he because they were like, "How did you find this place?" He's like, "Oh, Thrawn found it." You know, and he woke up the mothers and this and that. So he's probably you know obviously they they made some sort of deal and. I guess they're going to Dathomir with all, with the all the the cargo, quote yeah, unquote, which is probably either Night Sisters or or whatever whatever other they people they could wake up. Yeah, you know. So there's they have know. to be night at this point. They have to be Night Sisters, right? You would think so. They're right? not obviously they're not Zabrax because yeah. that's they are from Dathomir, right? Right. right. So okay. so now we've got basically a season two baddie in the form of Thrawn and whatever's going to happen on Dathomir and this bigger thing still looming even farther out on the horizon coming in, in time, Meridia. in time for the movie. So, mm. 
Because Balin's Raimi's, doing something. Raimi's predictions. So. <laughs> Uh, I think that's it for the review. Um, highlights for the season, guys. What was your favorite moment of the season, Marcus? Enoch, <laughs> just Enoch in general. Oh my god, Enoch! I, I I worked so hard on that, and that just the experience of creating him and seeing him on screen—it was just a dream come true for me. So yeah, when Enoch turned around, and you're just like, congratulations! Well, I was just like, man, can you he look great? And I was just so happy that he looked great. Yeah, like the amount of work that went into the whole costume is it's just like the armor has all been modified and adjusted and to fit the character and to fit the the proportions that Shauna wanted, you know, because she's, you know, Star Wars is all about getting the right proportion. And 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 so we're we're really focused on that. So the whole suit and everything and getting getting the waist small enough and getting the you know it, the soft parts to look right and fall straight and everything it's just a lot of work so when he, he came on screen yeah. and 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 immediately became like one of the fan favorites i was just i was just i, I could die happy man i was just no the the actor himself he's not short right because it's just the the ab piece is higher uh, on the uh <laughs> under the chest is that is that what it is his his sheet says he's six foot Okay, so so his ab piece is where it's meant to be higher than it would traditionally be, right? Like on a regular. Everything was placed uh, for for the purpose of of the proportions looking right. So it's it's yeah. it's made to make him a thin waist, a broad chest. Shauna wanted a superhero look with a gotcha. broader chest. If you look yeah. at it, the chest armor is is it's modified to be wider. So uh, than than the regular stormtrooper helmet. So he's got a wider chest. Um, yeah, yeah. So everything was placed for specifically for those. She wanted a super superhero build. When he turned around, she wanted him to look, look, you know, like look imposing. Stephen did that for his Vader. He made his cod really big <laughs> on purpose. It's a it's Rogue, the one, Rogue Vader. one Vader. <laughs> it's no so massive cod. Yeah. It's yeah. a massive cod, oh, yeah, and you modified it. You made it even bigger. It's got nozzle. nozzle. No. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Extra material. Joe, what was your favorite part of the season? My favorite part was hands down the uh, music. Cool. Hands down the music. It was Bless the sound so guy. good. It's the only time where I watched the entire credits just for the music every single episode. Every single episode, just listening to that music. And what really hit it home for me was watching these clones one at a time run from this cloud when they're fighting in the Clone mm. Wars scene. One will pop, and you hear a little ding, and then another one runs. Ding, and another one runs. Ding. It was just the, the music. If you go back and watch that scene again, listen to the audio, the music perfection it was so good i had chills i'm like oh my god obviously we're watching clones live action they're running they're not cgi that was epic but when you add the layer of music oh my gosh it was so good so good yeah that scene uh brian favorite part of the season um i mean thrawn was absolute perfection but the um the night sisters like i did i did not expect that in this series at all um and i just really 
felt like uh, their likeliness and what they were in Rebels was it translated over like really really well same as Thrawn I mean Thrawn, Thrawn was I mean I, I I don't think anyone can say anything bad about Thrawn mm-hmm. like uh, the actor it's Lars I was Lars Mikkelsen yeah. right Lars dude like, his makeup was perfect his uh, voice is his voice his voice his, his voice his, right. his costume was perfect Thrawn. everything his mannerisms everything. his yeah. mannerisms like I, so I don't even want to throw him in there the Night Sisters was just a really cool surprise that I wasn't expecting and I've always dug the Night Sisters and their kind of whole vibe, and um, it was really, really. Cool. I'm very excited to see what what comes of of the Night Sisters in season two because you see those side eyes they gave thrown at the end. Yeah, mm-hmm. they were like, "What? Yeah, you're gonna she, like she oh, attack you're, the? You're gonna the use temple. us too? You're gonna use us too, right? Okay, cool." <laughs> Ramy, I think my favorite part was uh, Ariana Greenblatt's portrayal of the young Ahsoka. Because that kind of for me was the turning point for that character and my opinion of her because I was struggling with uh, Rose, I was honestly struggling with Rosario's portrayal up until that point. Um, I didn't particularly care for Ahsoka the Grey. But uh, when she was kind of doing in that episode with all the flashbacks and then she came back as Ahsoka the White, I do feel like she at that point she was playing the character intentionally differently and then I started to like the character more. And that turning point kind of revolved around seeing those flashbacks and, and the young Ahsoka was just perfect in every way. So she did great. Very Rosario was very broody, very stoic. Mm-hmm. And then when she came back uh, as Ahsoka the white, she did the laugh. All the, she did the Ahsoka all laugh. All the baggage she had been carrying was gone. Yeah. So, so I appreciate that. Like that it, looking back, I can see that that was maybe how they did it on purpose and that, and I'm okay with that. But, uh, but yeah, I'm not, not going to lie. Up until that point, I was not thrilled with the character. So, hmm. I think I think for me, my favorite part of the season is Hayden Christensen returning as Anakin. Mm. Um, I felt like yeah, he really took took the the character, everything that that um, the Clone Wars brought to the character of Anakin. I feel like he really just put everything together cohesively into the character now. And, and, and I think the, I think the iteration that we have of Anakin now is, is perfection. Um, and the fact that he hopefully fingers crossed gets to keep playing Anakin, uh, in the future, uh, man, it's, we star Wars fans are eaten very good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hayden was very, uh, sure. Uh, man, he knows the character. Like uh, going into the fittings with him, and uh, you know, he would give us he would give us suggestions and pointers for the costume that were just right on. You know, and Shauna would be like, "Yeah, that's right. We should do that." You know, <laughs> he really knows the character. I was really impressed with his performance when I saw it. I was just so proud uh, of his performance. I was just, I was like, "Man, that that guy can act. He's good. He's good. Like he brought it. He brought it." Yeah, yeah. Even even when he was a hologram, yeah, training yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Ahsoka, I was getting chills, man. I'm getting like, oh gosh, you know. Tales of, Tales of Jedi uh, similarities, seriously, right? and the tone and all that, seriously. Yeah. And uh, he did channel that that Clone Wars 
Anakin yeah. Yeah. In, into it, you know, which is crazy because right. that wasn't right. him, right? Like if you if you take no, the it wasn't. series, like it wasn't him, you know. So, but he but he made it made it yeah. work. And and John, what was your favorite part? Uh, aside from uh, the casting of Ezra, I, I really liked uh, that. I think they got that guy. The, they got it right with him. His mannerisms, the the way he's able to speak like uh, Taylor Gray. Um, I, I think it's just uh, they nailed it. Aside from that, I love seeing. Uh, I'm a big. Uh, I'm a sucker for like physical props, armors, and and sabers and stuff. So, uh, aside from the sabers as well, I love seeing the clones in live action. That was really cool. And I also really enjoyed the bandits on Peridia, the guy, the red oh, yeah, the dudes yeah. with the horns and the and the samurai esque armor. Uh, Japanese with their influence. new leader. With their new, with, leader, with their new bandit leader, Shin Hati. So I, 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 those things were my favorite uh, aesthetically. Just looking at it and being like, "Oh wow, that looks awesome!" And not you know the clones, obviously, those but were uh, the bandits make. were really neat. Uh, those were all one-offs too. Each character, we only made one of them, and the, yeah, they were really fun to make. The, the only, the only one they got two was right. the, the main guy with the big helmet. When, when his helmet got right. cut, that's the only time we had to make like a separate mask that was cut. But uh, everybody else was, it was a That's one-off, cool. and and almost everybody in specialty touched those and 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 personalized their own one and their own mask, and we all they each got one. Yeah, we got, we each got to to do a character. It was cool. It was it was really fun. That's yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> Word. Um, Marcus, yeah. before we sign out, uh, I want to ask you one question. Mm-hmm. What advice can you give aspiring makers uh, who want to get into this hobby? maybe as a profession advice i would say i would say perfect your craft uh uh get uh find find what you love to do because uh, specialty is just that it's 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 what your specialty is and that's what i am a costume a specialty a specialty costume manufacturer so my specialty is sculpting mold making casting so if you find your specialty whether it be painting mold making casting Get good at that one skill. Get really good at it, and, and um, it helps to 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 live where the industry is. LA is a great place. There's a lot of other places. Uh, Georgia is a great place to go. Um, but uh, uh, I would say I, I would say that the 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 best advice would be to to just don't don't give up. Uh, keep going because it it is a difficult industry to get into. It's very competitive. Um, but the opportunities are there and you have to be ready right when they're ready. Oh, oh, oh okay. Uh, 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 w- w- one, one great thing is, is if you can problem solve on the fly, like perfect that skill, because in the industry, there's a lot of times where they'll bring something to you and, and you'll need to completely remake it. And you have one day to do it, which is outrageous, but we get it done. So, uh, uh work on your problem solving skills Fast. and getting things done quickly and, and, and uh, to the to the highest Basically, level you can get it. get good yeah 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 no really <laughs> don't that, that's, suck. that's what it's about get good get good don't give up keep going and, and learn as much as you up. can <laughs> there you go Sorry, guys that's a lot you want to be you want to be a professional get, get good. good get good that's that's the advice get good <laughs> <laughs> well i think that does it for us today guys Uh, If you enjoyed listening, feed the algorithm and leave us a review. Give us five stars on your podcast app. Yeah, it's the boss. 
Be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Hit subscribe. Our Road to, our road to 1000 contest is underway and there is still time to enter. Just subscribe and you can be entered to win an Alpha Ignition helmet of your choice casted by the Dad Batch. You can follow me at Stevie.Kicks on Instagram, sometimes Twitter. Gentlemen, let the listeners know where they can find you. Brian? Are you awake? In oh, bed, probably. Me. Yeah. Zithin ain't easy. John? Figured out. Alpha Ignition. Joe? Tech Dog Bad Batch. Marcus? I'm Marcus plus one. And Rainy? Okay, so you can find me and several members of the Dad Batch at LA Comic Con. At LA Comic Con, uh, which is the weekend of December 1st through the 3rd. And uh, so we are going to be bringing back the family reunion and doing a live event at, at the uh, convention. We still don't have an exact date and time for that yet, but we have been confirmed as a guest. So uh, more to come on that. And you're going to want to keep an eye on our socials next Tuesday, which happens to be World Mental Health Day for a chrome colored announcement. I love Chrome. I won't be at LA Comic Con, just in case anyone. Yes, you will be. You will be. Virtually, you'll be. He's coming. Thank you again, everybody, for listening to episode 60 of the Dad Batch podcast. Be sure to tune in next week for episode 61. And until next time, enjoy your spice responsibly. (laughs) Very responsible. Yeah, John. Thanks for the shirt, John.